Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Hi, Paige. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So today, Paige wanted to talk about impulsivity. I would definitely say this is probably one of her biggest ADHD challenges. Um, and so she has a lot to say about it. And so we'll talk about what impulsivity is, why it might happen in somebody who's neurodiverse, what it might look like in somebody who's neurodiverse, um, both an adult and a child, um, how it feels. So Paige will sort of describe her experience as to how impulsivity feels for her. Um, outcomes that might happen from being impulsive, both for a child or for an adult, and then hacks, ideas, strategies, tools um, for um, not being impulsive. So Paige, uh, what did you find as a definition for impulsivity? The tendency to act or speak without thinking uh, thinking or consideration of consequences. So and kind of just doing in the spur of the moment and not really thinking like, oh, hey, if I do this, this, this might happen and then this might happen and this might happen. Right. So like I thinking further, not maybe not necessarily like at all, but but like not using forethought. Yeah. Yeah. So um and why might that happen to somebody who's neurodiverse? Because they don't have um, response inhibition. Right. So um, response inhibition in people who are neurotypical is um, really whenever there's a stimulus, people automatically use forethought and hindsight to make judgments about what is the best next course of action. But for people who are um, specifically ADHD, so people with ADHD aren't making that judgment, they're just acting. So while it might look like they're being rude or have a lack of self-control, they're actually just like not making a judgment. So if you have a teenager who says, you know, I don't know when you ask them to take out the trash and they didn't take out the trash. And then you ask them, why didn't you take out the trash? And they say, I don't know. That's an honest answer from them. And they um, really don't know because um, they didn't stop to think. Right. Um, but people with um, autism also have issues with impulse control. But for them, it's often more con more tied to inflexible thinking or to um, some kind of emotional dysregulation. They're upset or they're angry or things didn't go their way. So that kind of stuff. So um, in a, a child, it might appear as them interrupting conversations, having trouble with um, taking turns. So whether that's taking turns talking in a class or taking turns in a game that they're playing with somebody. They might have angry outbursts. They might easily get distracted or have trouble paying attention. 
they might um, call out answers before being called on or sometimes even before a question is finished being answered. Um, and they might have trouble remembering um, directions because they, um, they, the directions sometimes go against their impulse, right? So they don't wanna follow those directions. So it's gonna be really um, something that happens a lot for people who are on the spectrum. So if their impulse is telling them to do one thing and you're asking them to do something else, um, that's gonna be a problem for them. Um, and then um, for an adult, it, a lot of those things still hold true, right? They're also gonna have trouble taking turns interrupting conversations, um, saying something when their emotions are heightened. So, um, but the other things that might show up for either an older teen or for an adult is over shopping, overeating, careless or reckless behavior, um, and then choosing short-term short pleasures over long-term goals. So Paige, tell me a little bit about how impulsivity feels in your brain. Okay, so the best way I can describe it is like, imagine, you know, how like when a feather, when you, like someone rubs a feather against your like your nose or something and you find it like super annoying and stuff. So it's kind of like that, but like in my head, it's just like that impulsive whatever whatever it is that I'm like, like a craving, whether it's like of an action or something that I want, or if it's like a food or something, it'll just like be in the back of my mind, just like knocking or like doing whatever. It's just like there and it gets more and more intense. And the only way I feel like it can go away or for me to make it stop is by doing that impulsive thing, even though like I know that I shouldn't. And it's usually something that will then negatively impact me or like other people. So I know I'm not supposed to do it or I shouldn't do it, but it's so annoying and so distracting that I want it to go away. And that seems to be the only way I can get rid of it. And I've described it to other people and other people are like, I don't, I don't experience that. That's weird. And I'm like, oh, all right. So. I have this picture of like a little tiny toddler page, like poking you. Yes. Like that. <laughs> and like annoyingly, like, like pay attention to me, pay attention yeah. to me, pay attention to me. Yeah. Right. So, so I guess like nice that. analogy. I like so that. I guess that it's like that. So if any of you have siblings and you know, like the bench seats in the back of old car, like some cars, it's like that your younger siblings are just poking at you throughout this like whole car ride. And it's super annoying. That's so funny. you that's a good analogy. Nice. It's like that. Okay. So why um why do you not want to be impulsive? What are some outcomes? Okay. So for adults, some outcomes are loss of job. Um right, can't talk back to your boss. Mm -mm. Um, loss of relationships, whether they're romantic relationships or friendships. Mm -hmm. um, you could get you hurt yourself or you could hurt other people. 
right whether it's physically hurting them or like emotionally hurting them this also kind of ties into um dr barclay's research that people with adhd because of their impulsive behavior shorten their lives by 10 years so when i post this i'll try and find some of his research and put it in the description as well for people to read further but um often it's because of impulsive behaviors that people are shortening their lives. So what else? Um, you feel guilty or regret about it later. So like if you're, if you bought something, like I buy something and then later when it comes after it comes and I'm like, after I'm like excited and everything, I'm like, Oh, well that was dumb. Why did you buy that? And then you regret it or like feel guilty about eating whatever, or buying whatever. Shopper's remorse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you go it. you could go into debt. Most people with ADHD live in chronic debt. So I also have a lot of clients who um, <clears throat> aren't up to date on their taxes. Oh, right. So you can get into like trouble with the government for that. That's not cool. That's not good. No. You don't want the, the IRS after you. Certainly not. Um, it could start arguments or problems with people who love you or people who are close to you. Like when I buy something, my dad gets so mad at me. He's like, why did you buy that? And he always threatens to take away whatever, whatever that he'll beat me to the, to the front door, which is probably true because I'm, I'm usually at work and he's just at home working. But right. he's yet he's yet to take any anything. So I don't think he would though. No, he just doesn't want you to live in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Um it could get you into legal trouble. Yep. I I don't have experience with that, but thankfully. But I have a friend who has ADHD and she used to she used to um have you muted yourself. And that got her into um, a lot of trouble, but she she's okay now. She's, she's totally she's okay. great now. She's great now. But like before we met, this was a problem. I met her post post all of these problems. She's but, gonna come on our show and be a guest, so she'll mm-hmm. tell her her tale her story, of her tale her tale of what um um. Uh, you it could get you into something dangerous or something that you can't get out of. Um, probably not as like severe. Like when I was thinking of this, I was thinking like mafia or gang or something, <laughs> but that probably isn't realistic. I don't but, know. Depending on where you live, I could see how it could get a kid New in an inner city. Mm-hmm. lives in an inner city situation into a gang by acting and then speaking possibly. of addictions it could get you into addictions we haven't got all kinds that. of addictions all all type of good and well not as bad and then bad right so there I definitely aren't any have really good addictions i have clients who are definitely addicted to like exercise so right. I guess there are good addictions, but, but like I mean, to an bad extent, <laughs> yeah, and a- then, anything in excess. Um, and then in children, this would be um trouble at school. So talking back to adults, um, cheating, fighting, 
like physical, physical fighting, not like, well, and verbal fighting, I guess, but children, I guess, are more likely to physically fight with someone. Um, stealing from friends or family or shoplifting. I know before I was ever diagnosed with ADHD, I would steal. It was stupid things too. Like I had this friend in the neighborhood who, um, her mom was a nurse, so they were more well-off, I guess, in a way, more well-off in quotations. Like, she had, like, a bunch of, like, super cool stuff. And for whatever reason, I was like, yo, I want one of those. And instead of just, like, asking, like, a parent or something, I would just take. I would take it, and then I would, like, store it all under my bed. Or I would steal steal money from my brother, I would like his little because I knew he would always have money. I was always too afraid to ever steal from you and dad. So Thank it was goodness. just Alexis and Jack. This I is think, new information I've never heard I think before. since I think I've repaid them back. And if I haven't, <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, I never shoplifted, though. So I was Thank always God. too scared to do that. It was just family and close friends that I would steal from. But I would always feel like super bad afterwards. But I couldn't like I was also then too afraid to like go back to her house and was like, yo, I stole this from you. So I just kept it until you found it all. What got super angry at me and made me bring it all back. Uh, this is all pre pre diagnosis, pre diagnosis. <laughs> and then um. I don't obviously I don't steal things anymore, but no, she does not. I do not steal. Um, but also something that children would then also do is lie, which I also did a lot of. And yes. quite honestly, I still do sometimes lie. Just like about the stupidest things too. Like I don't even know why I do it. I just like there's no problem with saying, no, I didn't eat dinner. I know why you're doing it. But then, then I just say, yeah, I ate dinner, even if I know that it's not true. It's like you can, won't get in trouble for not eating. But I don't know. It's weird. It's that response inhibition, right? Yeah. yeah. I just don't feel like it's stupid. Like, why are you lying about, about eating dinner? You're 25 almost. You won't get in trouble for not eating dinner. <sighs> I don't know. Like, dumb little white lies. But, um... Let's see what here. else? There's loss of friendships. Yes. Um, I mean, I've lost friendships because of impulsivity. I'm not really sure, but um, let's see here. Getting hurt. So like, like let's when I was nine, bike. Like you know, when like my bike, bike mm-hmm. Like when I was nine, and I tried to, I was like, oh, I'm so cool. I can ride my bike with one hand. And then I fell and got that that piece of glass into my hand. Yep. Or even picturing um, like skateboarders who are like, hey, I wonder if I can go down this railing before they really know how to go down a railing. <laughs> right. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Emergency rooms are full of my friend and I, on. that friend, that friend that lived in the neighborhood, you know, yes. yeah. her name. Um, yes, we, used to, her. <laughs> we used to jump on the, her trampoline with moon shoes on because they made you jump super high so it, i so technically if we jumped on the trampoline <laughs> and on the trampoline with those shoes on we could jump super high 
Yeah. Ironically, I never broke any bones. The two of you did get into a lot of trouble and we're both later Mm -hmm. diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, But continuing. And then in older children, they can like have addictions, like the start of addictions, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex. Right. And it only takes like two cigarettes for a girl with ADHD to become addicted. Which only isn't two. very, only two. That's not really? a lot. That's yeah. not a lot. It's terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. And I would imagine the same, the same would be true for vaping because Probably. vaping has even more nicotine in mm-hmm. it than cigarettes do. All my friends at work, all three of them, all my three closest friends, all vape. So, and then when they all stand out outside of our back room, I join, oh, like I join their little circle. I don't join in, in the vaping. I don't vape. And the, even when they offer, they're like, Paige, you want to try? I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good. And then they just continue but I can smell they like poof out there they have like the fun smells the fun scents so it's always interesting to know what flavors they have that week that's a nice boundary you've set for yourself because you know it's addictive and I know know it's addicting so I avoid everything that is dangerously addictive most smart because I don't want to yeah what so I said that's a really good boundary like, I'm not going to do that. There's also like, I know other people who like, I have clients who specifically don't drink because mm-hmm. they know they don't want one drink. They want 10 drinks. And it's not because they're alcoholics. It's just because they're really impulsive and everybody's having a good time. And then, you know, they don't feel good in the morning or mm-hmm. they can't get to work or whatever. So what are some strategies or ideas about not being impulsive? Okay. Um, you can underst- understand how your brain wiring works because obviously not all two people are the same. So if you learn about, if you learn, understand how your brain works, then it will be easier for you to figure out a way to make sure that you aren't acting impulsively because what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me. There so, might even be like different times of day that you notice that you're that you tend impulsive. to be more impulsive than other yeah. times of days, especially if you're mm-hmm. on meds and you know they wear off at like happy hour time. Well, <laughs> that might be a problem depending um, on who you are. Practice mindfulness. Yes. Um, so mindfulness in- is really just like being present to the thing that you're doing right then. So I'm, I would never really encourage somebody with ADHD to like sit quietly for 20 minutes and do meditation. (laughs) If you can do that, that's amazing and good for you. But I often tell people to like be mindful when they're taking a walk or when they're eating a meal or when they're having a conversation with a specific person to really try and focus on the act of what they're doing right then. But what makes it mindful is just not that you're in that moment, but that when your mind wanders, you realize it and bring yourself back to what you're doing in the present, right? So you're not anxious about the future and you're not depressed about the past, but you're like in the moment with the person that you're with, even if that person's you and you're just like eating a meal by yourself or whatever, right? So that's what I mean when I talk to my clients about mindfulness. Okay. Um, check in with yourself. So 
like I have this it's I think it's marketed to children because I've recently looked this up on the internet and like went to their website and everything so this is for children mostly but I use it and I think it's helpful um there's this thing called revive it's like this little I don't have it with me but we um it's like this little band and then you have this little machine doodad that um very you technical can <laughs> you set the time I believe on the app you can tell it how frequent you want it to vibrate so it vibrates against your wrist every however long I think I have mine set for five minutes every five minutes about or maybe 15 I don't know but every once in a while it vibrates and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to check in with yourself and ask yourself am I on task and what am in am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And if you are, you tap it twice. And if you aren't, you tap it once in it. And then at the end of the day, you you connect it to the app and it keeps track of how much, how like your attention span and all this uh, attention and focus or attention yeah attention and focus rate so how long you can go between things while being focused it also tracks your steps not very well because my phone tracks my steps and those two are completely different numbers <laughs> and then it also tracks how much you fidget i will put a link for that as well in the description um, so um, it's interesting because the more you wear it, obviously, the better it will be. So like I first put it on, like I for a while I didn't use it. And then I had it like all charged up and I was like, I'm going to use this. And it was my thing was at like, I think eight minutes. I like could go a whole eight minutes and focus. Ooh. And then two days later, it was at like 15 minutes. So it helps. And then once you, I don't know if it's just me, but once you have it on for a while and like one day I didn't have it on, but I could still feel like every once in a while, I'd feel like it was vibrating on my thing. And I made myself check in with myself, even though I didn't have it on. So I'd go to tap and it was like, there's nothing there. <laughs> so I, just looked, vibrating. I looked dumb doing that, but that's something that you could do. Um, if it's for children, though, you could have like your third teachers or parents can be on the app and they can like it's basically to help teachers and stuff correlate like certain like day activities for children in school to cool. know how they're like things. Yeah, but um, those are cool. But um, that was one Um, making it harder to act impulsively is one so like with me my one of my things is um is shopping so for a while my mom had my credit card and I never got it I'd only ever have cash so I was only allowed to have my allotted however much cash I had I still have your credit card, right? Like well, I have your you credit have card, your credit you have card. your debit card. I have my debit card. I never want that credit card. I, yeah, exactly. Bear, I hope everybody be heard buried that. with it. I never want it ever again. I hope everybody's hearing this. She asked me to hold her credit mm -hmm. card. I and did. Not take I, it from her. I don't want up. it. I don't want it. 
But um, can we just go back to checking in with yourself? Because I just have some other ideas. So I have a client who uses just a regular run of the mill old fashioned watch and has set it to chime on the hour. And so he checks in with himself every time that watch chimes on the hour. So if you want something that's a little bit more low tech, so you're not handling your phone all the time. Um, I have somebody else who does a check-in every time she sees her dog. So every time her dog walks by her office in her house, she that reminds her to check in with herself. Um, I have somebody else who does it like when they go get a cup of coffee during the day. These are all like new ones that have come up post-COVID, right? Because everybody moved to working in their houses. Um I have, um, I have one client that uses an app randomly remind me. So it will literally randomly, I think it was originally designed to like remind people to drink water or something um, or to stand up or to move or something more simple. But she has it randomly remind her that she's supposed to be doing something specific. Um, and then I have a bunch of clients have used whoever their significant other is to... Um, to make sure that they're on task, right? So they might text somebody um, like a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever to say, hey, um, you know, in 15 minutes, can you text me to see if I've done X, right? Um, Or um, have other people that will just use a friend to do that, right? So, So like another person externalizing it is often really helpful. So, um, what else, Paige, did you come up with? Um, I already said make it harder to act impulsively. Yep. Um, talk about it with someone close. Yep. Um, talking is good. Talking is good. And then there's... And then there's um, CBT... Right, so cognitive... Right, so cognitive behavioral therapy... And then DBT is a really specific form of cognitive behavioral therapy that's um, super useful for people with ADHD for lots of different things. Um, so I'll put some kind of um, some kind of information in the description so that you can research that information as well. And then Paige has a more specific, a little more hardcore um, thing that she's done to control her impulsivity that she'll tell you about. Oh, okay. So um, I see. Okay. So um, I take something called clonidine. Clonidine was originally, is originally supposed to be um, a blood pressure med, a blood pressure medicine, but they've noticed that it helps people with ADHD as well for um, emotional control. And it's supposed to also help with impulse. It does great for me with the emotional control, but it didn't really do much when it came to impulsivity. So my doctor was like, okay, we have two options. We can either do try something called naltrexone or we can 
do um, an antidepressant. Um, I've done antidepressants and I've had a bad thing with antidepressants. So I want to stay clear from antidepressants. I don't want anything to do with an antidepressant. So um, naltrexone is what I decided to go with. Naltrexone. Can you spell that for people? Naltrexone. It's spelled N-A-L-T-R-E-X-O-N-E. Naltrexone. So this um, works great for her. For me. And you should um, talk to your doctor. Yes. Um, it's original. It's not typically used for ADHD, like nope. at all. It's used primarily for people who, who have opioid addictions. Right. Um, and I believe possibly drug or alcohol addictions as well but I could be wrong about that um so basically what it does is it stops well it's for people who want who like taking opioids so it it kills the craving it kills all cravings so it's um it's usually it's I think there's a 25 milligram and then 50 and then it stops at 50 so I take it makes you really, really drowsy. So does the clonidine. So I take clonidine and naltrexone at night. Um, and then it helps stop. Like, so like, what's the difference in like your shopping and eating since you've started taking it? Well, shopping is a lot better. I still, um, I still like to like get certain things. Sometimes I've, I don't like shop like a bunch like I used to. It's not nearly as bad. Yeah. I still like something like I still like to like definitely like have an impulse to want to buy things. Sometimes I'll indulge and do it. And most of the time I don't like on Amazon. I, you know, how you make like wish lists and stuff. What I usually do is I'll add it to my list and be like, if you truly want it, you'll not forget about it in five months and then you can get it i'll usually for end up forgetting though because like i look up stupid stuff but um or what i'll do is i'm I'm, i want to get a house so i also have a list on amazon called new house and i'll specifically look for things for a house so like i have no reason to get you know a little shelf for keys because i don't I don't have my own house. I don't need something like that. So until you move out, until I move out, and then I can get my own bookshelf and my own coffee table and all that. Um, I'm sure we'll do a great big episode on that when you're buying your own house because yeah. she is saving up quite well. Mm-hmm. And then um, what about like the eating? How has that improved? The eating is good. I've noticed that I don't snack as much anymore. I used to be really into big into eating food throughout the day um I usually just eat breakfast or not breakfast I usually just eat lunch and then that's kind of it like because at work I usually eat lunch fairly later but like I'll have lunch and then I'll usually eat like dinner or something when I get home Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll have a little snack and sometimes I'll eat a bar in the morning but but it's significantly better right you've lost a lot of weight yeah um the quality of food and the quantity have all changed um i stopped eating grains Mm -hmm. so um all of like the grainy foods and like i don't really wheat gluten it was corn um, 
the quality okay. of food I think was the problem I'm sure because I was stressed and then so I would eat like those cookies that had like a buttload of frosting on them oh yeah those are bad yeah I used Sugar's to like to, I like to eat those um and like stickers and like all the candy and stuff so it was hard to like stop eating all of those but I found like those smart sweets that are like healthier candies mm-hmm. um so for the candy stuff yeah so you've yeah. done a lot of work on your diet since then then right <clears throat> it made big improvements you've lost uh, quite a bit of weight actually so cool um anything else that you can think of about impulsivity page um, i had something i thought hmm. and we'll do short-term memory in another episode oh well no i kind of <laughs> already discussed it so like the best thing ever is online shopping because it just goes to, comes to your doorstep. You don't have to put in any effort. So what I like to do is when I when I find myself scrolling on the things, if I have like a like a, a um, like a sign in or whatever for it. So like with Amazon, I like to save things, and then I'm like, if you still really actually want this, you can either ask for it. Or you can buy it yourself. Right. So you just like add the stuff to like a wish list type thing. Because mm-hmm. likely, it's likely that you'll forget about it. So. Right. All right. That's all. That's all. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you're interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ndtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiversetoolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.